Hi, and thanks for listening to the podcast. My name's April, but you might know me as the Bodzilla. I've decided that I really want to share some things that I know, because I know now that I didn't always know what I know, but now I do. So I'll be sharing bite-sized real talks with advice you didn't know you needed. If you already follow me online, then you know that I love talking about why everybody is a good body. But there's lots of things that I didn't know about body positivity and activism that I'd love to share with you so that you, like me, can become more inclusive and happy with your own body. This podcast, like everywhere else I hang out on the internet, is a dedicated space of kindness. All the things I talk about here will be done with as much inclusion and intersectionality as possible because I'm here to learn, teach and grow. So if you are too, subscribe to hear from me whenever an episode drops. Welcome back to episode two of the podcast. If for some reason you missed episode one, I encourage you to listen to it as it forms the basis of everything I talk about. Today I want to talk about intersectionality. I'm a big fan of the dictionary. When I was a kid I used to read TV guides, the dictionary and shampoo bottles to keep me going. So here's the dictionary definition of intersectionality. The interconnected nature of social categorizations such as race, class and gender as they apply to a given individual or group regarded as creating overlapping and interdependent systems of discrimination or disadvantage. I realise that for most people that's a lot to digest, so let me give it to you in Bodzilla terms. When I was younger, I was made to feel very insecure about the fact that I was fat and the fact that I was a person of colour, even though I never articulated that or characterised myself that way in the past. I would have certainly only said that anything negative that happened to me was only because I was fat. The combination of my mixed race slash white passing skin created internalised racism that had me believing my blackness could and should be hidden or understated. My blackness was something that I wanted and was privileged enough to be able to sort of take on and off because then it meant that there was only one thing that people could tease about me. I figured if I hardened myself to that and couldn't be hurt by fat shaming, I could be unfuckwithable. So for me, that's where the term intersectionality comes in. We see it in conversations around white feminism or where transphobic people who identify as feminists miss the point completely. J.K. Rowling, I'm looking at you. When you fail to see the points where people's unique characteristics create totally different experiences of the world, even when you have similarities with them, you aren't understanding the situation fully. If you imagine all the ways biases and discrimination are carried out in society, then you start to understand a little more. Let me give you an example of how I perceive and unpack the nuances of intersectionality for myself. For the sake of this example, I'm keeping the group small and sticking to my own experiences. I know there'll be many listeners and that I'll have guests in the future who'll be able to speak about their own experiences. If you'd like to be one of those guests, head to thebodzilla.com and send me a message. I'll pop a link in the show notes so you can do that. Imagine we're all travelling from one place to another as a group. There's no winner as to who gets there first, and even as we're travelling, each person's going to go through difficulties, hurt themselves, fall down and have to get back up. Obstacles are going to appear. Nobody's immune to whatever life might have in store. Now, some of the group are getting ahead of the others. They aren't paying attention to what the other people need, only themselves. I'm walking along, trying to keep up, trying to stay cheery. Now, maybe if someone asks for help, they get it, but basically, everyone's just going along on their own or walking with people who they can keep up with easily. I'm having a hard time keeping up, but I don't let on because I'm embarrassed. Now, each person has a bag with some stuff in it. The less marginalised people have less stuff or different stuff, and the ones who are more marginalised have a heavier load. The bags are simple and easy to carry, and the only thing that makes it hard is how much stuff's inside. Now, imagine that in those bags there are tangible items. Heavy, physical, clunky, 
They represent the emotional baggage that we carry with us every day. They also represent things that we experience. So in this case, it might be the wage gap, unconscious bias, homophobia, ableism, fat phobia, misogyny, misogynoir, racism, internalized racism, performative allyship, hereditary physical ailments, transphobia, institutionalized belief systems, trauma, tone policing, anxiety, depression, eating disorders, stereotypes, mental health issues. The list goes on. So at this point, I'm keeping up with a few people who have their own bags of stuff, and that includes a few people who don't live in marginalised bodies, but whose experiences have dropped a few bundles in their bags. At some point as they're walking past, someone says or does something that shows they're outwardly racist. As they leave us behind, they throw that into my bag and the bags of the other people of colour. The next person passes and is shocked by the first person being racist, but doesn't say anything, and the bag gets heavier still. A third person walks past and says, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. Maybe if you were like a bit nicer, that person wouldn't have been so mean to you. Stop putting things in, please. So at this point, I'm really struggling. Someone asks, are you having a hard time carrying that because you're so fat? And bam, it gets heavier again. But then people start speaking up. They lift things out of the bag and carry them for me. Learning about systemic racism and fat phobia. Diversifying the places they get news and information from going out of their way to learn about the difference between body positivity and body acceptance. They take a handle and help me carry my bag. When they see someone approaching to ask, but why is that racist? They say, hang on, give that to me. Don't put that in their bag. It's too heavy already. This is the power of being an ally, of being open and willing to listen, of understanding that the privilege you have of being born with an empty or almost empty bag gives you a chance to lighten the load for other people. It's one which can't be understated. Acknowledging the intersections where someone who looks like you may have a heavier burden and being willing, if nothing else, not to make it heavier is the bare minimum. Intersectionality is acknowledgement. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Acknowledging your privilege is not me asking you to apologise for your position. People say that they want to agree to disagree. On this, we can only agree or be divergent and incompatible. Black lives matter. The bodies of marginalised people matter. Understanding that your experience in the mainstream as a default, as the go-to, means that the people whose lives and bodies are marginalised by media, TV, Hollywood, politics, all the places you see yourself represented is a privilege that should be afforded to all humans. Acknowledging and understanding that is where you go from not perpetuating systemic oppression to actively dismantling oppressive systems. And that's how you get to be the good you want to see. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed it or you know someone who might, don't forget to share it with them. You can also come and chat to me about it on Instagram or Facebook. I'm at the Bodzilla. I'll leave the links where you can find them. Until next time, stay safe and remember, your body, my body and everybody is a good body.